0: Coming up this week, off screen. We're sorry to bother you. We've got tulip fever. We're awaiting further instructions, and we look a right mug. All those to come and more off screen. This is
1: this is off screen. Off screen. film news and reviews this is offscreen the movie marker radio show and podcast.
0: Ooh, welcome to Screen. I'm Van And I'm John Coulson.
1: Thank you
2: for uh, joining me this week, Mr. Coulson. It's, uh, it's been a little while. Not a problem. Not a problem. It's always <laughs> fun to have you back. Though. Always. So, uh, we, need to, uh, we need a piece of film news to kick us off before we get to the fun of the reviews, the box office top five, and all the usual uh, cinematic fun that we have. Uh, so, what have you got that you want to talk about first and foremost this week?
0: So, there's, there's been a survey.
2: Okay, there's always a survey.
0: That die-hard isn't a christmas movie okay um i'm calling bs uh right. die hard is a
2: christmas movie it is set on christmas eve there is christmas dec- there is christmas decor everywhere i forgot to turn do not disturb off on the on the map by the way i apologize <laughs> uh, um there's christmas paraphernalia everywhere he literally at one point says now i have a machine gun." ho 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 it's a christmas movie but that's so, it all right so we're on the same page we are so they're wrong there's, there's two positions on this debate. The first is that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and the other is wrong.
0: There we go. That's all right.
2: All right. it. That's it. Die Hard's a Christmas film. Settled. You know, the sky is blue, water is wet, it'll ED, tomorrow's another day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it. <copy. laughs> No, I agree. That's uh, so
2: all I have to say about that. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's plug the podcast edition before we start. Um, so, of course, you get the extended version of this show, more reviews, more news, moment of cage. Everyone loves a moment of cage. Uh, so, if you want that, just go along to uh, a cast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on there now. Uh, Deezer, TuneIn, in. Just, just wherever you personally select your podcasts from, uh, we're, we're in there more than likely. I think the only thing we're not is Libsyn I don't even know what that is it, because it's a podcast host so there's no reason for us to be on there. We, we, we have a host so yeah anyway so okay. uh, in the meanwhile you can of course listen to us on FM radio throughout the country so have fun with that and if you want more of that fun podcast there nice. you go
0: yeah in fact do both
2: do both yeah you can never have too much uh, off screen there you go yeah, I agree, I agree. <laughs> off a screen that's what it is <laughs> Okay, so let's uh, let's get a review done uh, for this week, and uh, I think you were looking forward to this, weren't you? It's, I am. Uh, sorry to bother you.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't watch trailers because I think they show too much. Okay, but I accidentally saw one,
2: and and I was intrigued. Okay, was it before another film that you were seeing? Is that why you saw it? Oh. Either
0: that, or it might have been
2: a bit of a YouTube. okay okay so sorry to bother you is the debut film by rapper and activist boots riley okay okay who has the greatest name i mean obviously it's like a pseudonym or a stage name but it's an awesome name and i approve wholeheartedly says van (laughs) connor so uh, boots riley has made his feature debut on this it stars uh your man lakeith stanfield who I'm a big fan of. Uh, He appeared in uh, Short Term 12, Get Out, and then recently he was in, uh, uh, I would call it, The Girl in the Spider's Web. Uh, Oh, the new one. The the new one. You know, the the reboot that no one asked for that actually turned out to be better than everything it was rebooting.
0: I liked the Daniel Craig one. Really? Yeah.
2: Can you remember and tell me what the plot was? Because I would be shocked. So... um... Daniel Craig. No, 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 okay. I, I, I've called you bluff. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> you, you called my bluff, sorry. It's fine. Okay, so the key Stanfield is Cassius. He is uh, Cassius Green. He is a black man and a telemarketing exe- uh, executive, employee. Okay. Um, he, he basically views it as a sort of McJob. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not his career or anything. It's just a job. And he's taken it purely to... Uh, build his own self-worth and, I think, live up to his own image in the eyes of his girlfriend. Uh, Played by Tessa Thompson, because who else do you get? Who's like a conceptual artist and just the ultimate boho-chic babe. And uh, one day, he's, well, first of all, he's not very good at the job. Like, he's he's on the phone, he's reading a script, and he's not very good at it because he doesn't care. Have you ever done it? Um, but I, yeah, I've done it. I've done it's it and it, it's it. a soul-destroying job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you would think I would be great at talking for a living, but uh, in that context, no. Anyway, so he works with Danny Glover. Yes. Yes. And Danny Glover is embracing his inner badass with this movie. And uh, you'll hear in the clip um, that he tells uh, Cassius to f- find, access, and utilise his quote-unquote white voice. Right, which he does, and the movie then presents this to us with, like, a badly dubbed David Cross. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know David Cross? Villain of the Alfred and the Chipmunks movies. (laughs) And he's just got that whiny, nasally voice. Um, And of course, this uh, immediately makes him an instant success. Overnight, his career shoots into the stratosphere. And that's all I'm telling you. That's about the first half hour of this movie. It's, it's, I think, an hour and 51 minutes. That's about the concept of the first half an hour. Okay. Okay? So, in the meanwhile here's a clip that takes place within that half an hour to be very specific this is in the first half an hour nothing more will be revealed by me
0: hey young
1: blood let me give you a tip use your white voice man i ain't got no white voice oh come on you know what i mean you have a white voice in there you can use it it's like we you pulled over by the police Oh, no, I just use my regular
0: voice when that happens I just say, back the fuck up off the car And don't nobody All get right out Man, I'm just trying to
1: give you some game You want to make some money here? Then read the script with a white voice when People say I talk with a white voice anyway So why ain't it helping me out? Well, you don't talk white enough I'm, I'm not talking about Will Smith wife I'm talking about the real deal Like right? this young blood.
2: Hey, Mr. Kramer, this is Langston from Regalview
0: I didn't catch you at the wrong time, did I?
2: Yes, it is literally that tone. That's okay, running through this. And believe me when I tell you, that is the most sane this movie ever becomes. Okay. Right. This goes deranged. Like absurd by my standard. You've known me for a long time. My yeah. my threshold for just bonkers lunacy is it's pretty out there. And uh, th- this this challenged my sense of bonkers I will admit Brooks <laughs> um, <laughs> Riley brilliant director it is that obviously comes from a, a performance background so it obviously kind of makes sense I I looked at this and thought, there's a lot of Spike going on in this. So, bit of Spike Jones, bit of Spike Lee, bit of Spike TV. (laughs) All at the same time. Imagine, uh, i mean, obviously it never really got released in this country, but there was a Bruce Willis adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's Breakfast of Champions like 20 years ago. And it was really out there, kind of like that. Kind of like Fight Club in a way, um, but directed by a sort of younger and still interesting David O. Russell. You know, before he met like Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence and just decided to suck for the rest of his career. Okay. You know, okay, those yeah. ones. But like, every December he wheels out another one and we have to pretend to like him. Anyway, um, what's well, true. Did you like Joy? Nobody liked Joy. <laughs> Was it American (laughs) Hustle? American Hustle was asinine. Anyway, this is decidedly not. This is the sharpest, most cutting, just lampooning of contemporary Americana I've seen since Fight Club. And that was 19 years ago now. Really? It's been 19 years since Fight Club. Oh, wow. Yeah, makes you feel old, huh?
0: Yeah. Remember it coming out?
2: (laughs) I do. I went to the pictures to see it. (laughs) I can't believe that it really has <laughs> anyway um, I think the cast are terrific um, absolutely the rock star performance from uh, the Keith Stanfield that we kind of expected uh, Tessa Thompson just continues to shine like Andromeda herself because she seems to know no other mode on which to function um, Stephen Young from The Walking Dead is in there and uh, his head is still in its original shape this time around uh, Danny Glover like I say badass Are oh, my Hamer Army Hammer's in there um, and he's doing that thing that he's discovered recently where he sends up his own milk toast persona All right. you know this whole oh, its just a rich dude with a sweater tied around his neck yeah. like that idea he sends that up now and he just has fun with it okay. and uh, it's it, I, I can't tell you too much about his role but uh, I will tell you this movie opens with a really aggressive F.U. scene like way of the gun level FU opening scene. Oh. Okay. You, you remember that? I love that scene. I, sh- I show it often. I think I must have shown you at some yeah. point where Ryan Felipe just decks Sarah Silverman. Yes. In a car park. You know? Um, it's, it opens with that. It winds up leading at one point towards the most offensive freestyle rap you'll have heard in years and then immediately follows it up with a Caligula grade orgy. Okay. Okay. And that's probably not even in the top five reasons this movie is an absolute belter it's not for everyone though oh right so you can either love it or you can hate it and the line between the two is basically microscopically thin um so if you watch it and you come back to me and you tell me that you thought it was awful i'm not going to argue the point with you because i absolutely get it Right. I absolutely get why you would why you would take that position with it. Maybe it was because I was in the right mood at the right time. And yeah. it is one of those films that is incredibly subjective. So, yeah. I really want to see it now. I mean, for me, absolutely brilliant debut. I, I can't wait to see it again. <laughs> um, but I, I understand that uh, it is decidedly not for everyone.
1: With the latest film news and reviews, this is off screen. The Movie Marker radio
2: show and podcast. And we're back, Mr. Colson. So uh, we should plug, by the way, the, the whole ident thing, if you can name the three ident themes. And
0: I like we, that you do it after the first one. We do it after the first <laughs> one. Uh,
2: so, yeah, just uh, tweet us at, at Movie Marker. Just put uh, your th- what you think the three themes are and uh, just hashtag off-screen idents or just hashtag off-screen. Hashtag. And, uh, John what? is awesome. John is awesome. But you want to put hashtag John is awesome in there? That's absolutely <laughs> fine. <far. laughs> did you see your namesake didn't turn up in the Captain Marvel trailer the other day? By the way, really? Yeah, hmm. I was kind of annoyed by that. Lots of young Sam Jackson, no young Clark Gregg, uh-huh. even though he's got that really cool head of hair in the in the first trailer. Uh, I avoided it because did you? Oh, okay, I just I'm just scared it'll show Captain me. Marvel's so out there that I don't think they can really spoil too much of the plot because I. Get confused by it. I couldn't tell you what it's actually about.
0: I'll 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 watch
2: it. I don't know what the actual story is. I don't know how it works. Like, so she's a superhero, but she doesn't know who she is, despite the fact that we do. Okay, weird, but I'm sure it makes sense. As they say, hashtag everything is connected. Um, (laughs) So, well, that was the the Agents of Shield catchphrase for a long time, wasn't it? Okay, so let's do another review then. And uh, this one, I, I. I was, I was kind of looking forward to it. Just on concept, not on, actually, the trailer, which is pretty terrible. Okay. Uh, so, it's Tulip Fever. Right. Right. This is the latest from director Justin Chadwick, who directed The Other Boleyn Girl, and Mandela, Long Road, Long Walk, or Long Road to Freedom. I can't remember what it was. Now, the Idris Elba one
1: uh, a couple of years I'm ago. Like say 20... i say walk. I'll say walk. You say go. walk,
2: i the say road, yeah. Um, it was, like, 2013 or something when that was it. Out then, I think. Five years ago, something like
0: that. I'm still shocked that 19 years ago. Like...
2: <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Okay, so this stars Alicia Vikander, Christoph Waltz, Dane DeHaan, Holiday Granger, Zach Galifianakis, Matthew Morrison, Kevin McKidd, David Harewood, Judy Dench. Uh, that's just off the top of my head, by the way. There's more oh. in there. Um, <laughs> it is the story of Sophia who is an orphaned woman, who is betrothed to uh, a, a wealthy importer in 17th century Amsterdam. Right about the point that the, the tulip market, the emerging tulip market, comes to fruition. Um, he has lost his wife and son in years previous to this. He marries this gorgeous young woman. Of course, she, she looks like Alicia Vikander. And uh, he obviously gets frustrated because uh, she doesn't conceive his child. He's just right. give him the son and air that he so craves okay. um, in the first three years of their marriage and um, he seems to get over this relatively quickly though and decides i'm just gonna hire a portrait painter because those were the times and uh, he hires dane um and if you're wondering where dane dehan's been hiding since valerian and the city of a thousand planets or whatever it was the answer is on a shelf in this because oh, okay. this has been kicking this was filmed in 2014 Oh, wow. Okay, I'll get to why it's been sat on the shelf in a moment. Um, Basically, the portrait painter and Alicia Vikander start having it off. uh, Because those were the times. And uh, then there's this whole element where uh, they fake a pregnancy, they fake her death, they're going to make a fortune on tulips. Um, Yeah, can't explain any of it because I was bored as hell, but uh, here's a clip.
1: In 1634, Amsterdam was captivated by a flower. Rich and poor gambled on the tulip market. (laughs) Sophia was a beautiful orphan, chosen by one of the richest men in the city. Love, honor, and obey. I've decided to engage the services of a painter. Don't move. Put your brush to capturing my wife.
0: She's a rare beauty.
2: So, if you're wondering why this wasn't a bigger deal, I'll give you two reasons. Okay. Right, I, I'm aware. By the way, that I'm I'm quite I'm parroting my own as yet unreleased me movies review of this. By the way, so I, I need to stop doing that. But I I can't describe this any other way. Right. right, two reasons this wasn't a bigger deal. First, it's garbage. Secondly, um, well, it's produced by Harvey Weinstein. Oh. Yeah, about that, mm. Mm. bit of an awkward one, oh, God. especially when the trailer very loudly proclaims the words from the Academy Award-winning producer of Shakespeare in Love. And you're like, oh, yeah, we forgot about half. Yeah, he had unreleased stuff. Oh, nice. So yeah, both Weinsteins <laughs> are producers on this. Um, they're dialing that down now, and they have removed the TWC, Weinstein Company logo, from the beginning. Instead, they've beefed up the Paramount one. Huh. So whether that's better or worse is entirely subjective, but, uh, yeah, you know, me personally. Anyway, Alicia McAnders, good in it, but it's that baseline good that she does. Okay. Right? Holiday Granger is okay. Everything else about this movie is terrible. Everything else. You know my theory that a movie can only suck so hard before Jack O'Connell has to turn up? Yes. Yeah, this just revisits that theory. Okay. Okay. Um, Zach Galifianakis is in this, trying to actually act... And That's not what he does he's though. he's terrible at it. Okay. He's terrible. Yeah. Do you remember when Will Ferrell made a TV movie, like a Lifetime TV movie, just purely for his own amusement? Yeah, right. But it was a joke. Like he and Kristen Wiig went and did a made-for-TV Lifetime movie with a bunch of comics, yeah. and he he admits he just did it to troll people and to amuse himself. Well, imagine if he was doing it for realsies and that's what Zach Galifianakis is doing here. Oh. <laughs> right Matthew Morrison who's Mr. Shoe from Glee he turns <laughs> up in this right and he's actually trying to be taken seriously as a proper actor and frankly it goes about as well as that time that he tried to get himself taken seriously as like a serious mainstream pop star oh, right. you know when he thought he was going to be the next Bublé for like 20 minutes yeah yeah it goes about as well, to be honest. Um, The dialogue's poor. The cinematography is, I would say, capable, but that's capable only if your definition of capable is shot entirely by candlelight. Um, It's set in 17th century Amsterdam, but if I didn't tell you that, and the movie didn't tell you that, like, specifically tell you that, you'd honestly just assume this was in Croydon, because no sense of Place or location. Oh. This really could just be set in a car park in Croydon. You wouldn't notice.
0: Um, it's a lot of knife chrome in the film. <laughs> there <though. laughs>
2: is yeah. lots of hoods. <laughs> lots of hoods. Um, it also commits, for me, the cardinal sin of any narrative work. And I, I, I'm not saying that only bad films do this. Good films do this sometimes as well. But this is a poor film to begin with. This is a film so bad that the late Zolman King will be spinning in his grave. And and I'm saying that as a man who grew up worshipping James Spader and Mickey Rourke. So, you know, I'm, I'm coming at this from a place of I revere the erotic drama genre. Um, the cardinal sin that it commits is it has narration by Holiday Granger, which you'll have heard in that clip there. And she's not present for a solid half of the events in this movie. I call it pulling a private Ryan. Yeah. like how are you remembering all these events you weren't there for, Matt? You weren't there? No. Like you, you stood over the grave, but you're remembering stuff that you can't possibly what did, what did Hanks tell you in the 10 seconds before he died about Battle of Omaha Beach? like really oh come on (laughs) it has been exactly 20 years since Private Ryan anyway uh, don't see Tulip Fever I genuinely think it might be the worst film of the year Okay. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy or alternatively Harvey Weinstein really taking a downward turn from the first yeah real downward (laughs) but I'm going to bring it back on the next review don't worry in the meanwhile we need some news what you got so Men in Black okay it's coming back it's coming back Shocking name. Shocking name. Is it people
0: in black? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're gonna be gender inclusive now. It's true, it's true. Right. Well, well, they, they, they what, what are we gone for? At the end of the second one? First one. First one. First one. Oh,
2: is that when he gets Linda Fiorentino as a partner?
0: Yeah, for like yeah. Yeah.
2: for like ten minutes. Right and at the end. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she'll she'll have been his partner for ten minutes and then the next movie opens and he tells Joe from Family Guy that he mind wiped her. Yes. Yes. Okay, there we go. Yeah, and right. Can I just pick an issue with that, by the way? Right, the end of the first Men in Black, they, they pull up and he's reading the hot sheets, as they call the other tabloids, and he's driving this sick-ass car. Yeah. And he's wearing this slick-ass suit. And she's wearing a slick-ass suit. And then the next movie, we're back to the old car and just the standard suits. What, what, what was going on there? Wait, uh, one, don't, one... Don't tease me and then take it away. That's, yeah. It's just wrong. Yeah. Anyway, Men in Black 4? Uh, What's it called? Men in Black
0: International... Okay, that's fine, I guess. it's pointless. Like, put some effort in. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I liked People in Black, just saying. (laughs) Men in Black 4 would have been better.
2: Probably. Uh, But this one is set in London. You know. Demand. It's set in London. It's got a largely, well, not British cast, but they're playing British. Like, Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth are going to be playing British, I assume. It doesn't matter. It's a shocking name. <laughs> okay, okay fair enough. Anyway, that's out next summer, isn't it? I think so. Is it okay. next summer? I think it's next summer. Yeah, no. I'm angry about. It. You're angry about. It? Okay, very. <laughs> right. I tell you what. I'm going to cheer you up. Yes. I'm going to tell you about a movie you're going to absolutely love, and I'm going to do it in like two minutes because there's no clip anyway because it's a Polish movie. Okay. Okay. It's called Mug, no. aka Twas. That's its title. It opens with a brilliant visual gag that sort of lampoons uh, Black Friday. You know those Black Friday uh, supermarket crushing sales that you see? There's a gag that this opens with that's that with nudity. And it's hilarious. And uh, this is how we're introduced to our central character. Jassic. and I'm not going to try and pronounce his name because I've I, I, I messed it up so many times there's so many bad edits in me because of it <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
2: just me trying to pronounce his name and uh, right, he is a mulleted kind of, well, feckless douchebag would be the best way to describe him he pretty much lives for Metallica and his girlfriend I mean, nah, fair that's it, I mean, we, we, we were introduced it. to this guy by Metallica's hardwired I mean, we've all wanted that at some point. (laughs) To be a feckless douchebag with Miss Alica. Yeah, exactly. So he is working on a construction site, constructing, and I didn't realise that this is real, by the way, the world's largest statue of Jesus Christ in Poland. Real thing. uh,
0: uh, I I know, I know.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, He has an accident. He falls down the neck of it, Uh, He is injured, and several months later, he emerges from the hospital, having been the recipient of Poland's first facial transplant. Which basically sort of inflates his head and makes him look as he's described to by his uh, local community like an alien or like a space alien. That's what they say. Sorry, Um, I think sea creature comes up at one point as well. (laughs) He he doesn't actually look that weird. He just looks like the same guy, maybe put on a bit of weight kind of thing. Um, But for the purpose of the story, he's ostracised by the community. His fiance shuns him. He's he he can't talk properly because he's still getting used to the new nerves in his face. His, His face is rebuilding. And basically his entire world collapses instantly the minute he comes out of the hospital. Okay. Right, it's bonkers, it really is. But, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It is funny, it is touching, it is sharp, it's insightful, it has things to say about the way that we view be- we view beauty as a culture and our overemphasis on aesthetic values and things like that. Um, really well shot, really well written. I love this, I thought it was great.
0: You have to say something. I can't wait. I, th- I didn't expect it to be that positive. Yeah. I told you. I'm going to cheer you up. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's it, it just sounds good. It sounds like There you, you go. Should. Uh
2: Mug. Absolutely, it is. out on Friday. Um, it's got to be in, like, art house cinemas, I think, like, Independence. And, like, we Sheffield. have those in Sheffield. We did them in Sheffield, yeah. Curzons, I think, are going to show things like that. Oh, OK. Absolutely see this. It is one of the best films. It's one of the two best films out this week. The other, of course, being Sorry to Bother You. That sounds great.
1: With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. The Movie Marker radio show and podcast...
2: And we're back, Mr. Coulson. So uh, I think it's uh, what do you think? Time for the top five? Yeah, I think we're going to have some fun with this this week.
1: Number five: it's
0: Bohemian Rhapsody, which you've seen. I have. What did you think? I thought it was great. You liked it more than I did, I think. Yes. I, so, I agree that it's um, not as good a Freddy film. Mm. But more, better Queen movie than it is a Freddy movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can go with that, yeah. And certain people have clearly been involved in it because they come across really good in the film. <laughs> <coughs> certain people are treated to rose-tinted
2: glasses.
0: <laughs> yeah, but... Um, mm. I I don't think the the songs are set up as um, what's the word?
2: I, d- I don't know cause I don't know what possible point you're making.
0: You were saying that it's a
2: a, a bunch of, a bunch of origin stories for Queen songs. That's yes, it. That, was, that was that was described uh, it as. And
0: I was I was saying it as they did a song to sort of end a section. Do so you, you think they sort of bookmark the movie? More, yeah, with, more okay. like cap off this happened. Okay, all right, that's you, fine. Okay, we've obviously taken different
2: wait, readings on this one. Wait that's for hard. us to break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that we did. Did you like Rami Malek's performance, though? Yes. Okay. Very much. I I quite like Gwyn and Lee actually, and I think Joe Mazzello turns out to be way better than anyone thought he was going to be. I think I can't remember the name of the guy he's actually
0: playing. John Deacon, isn't it? you I mean, John Deacon. Yes. Yes. Mean, yes. Everybody, in it's great. Apart from Mike Myers. Yes and I I only, and that's coming from a Wayne's World fan. <laughs> And I yes, only, because you're probably as offended by the same bit that I was. Well, I only realised it was him when he did that joke, and I only realised that that was meant to be a joke, because you said it was a joke. <laughs> you, just, you just sort of said it, and I was just like, what? oh, yeah, that's what Van said.
2: Really? Uh, I, I groaned audibly in the cinema, I'm not going to
0: lie. <laughs> but uh, Anyway, has anybody tweeted us? Yeah, so, uh, Taylor Beth, and I never read people's act names, because it always that, gets That's for fair. Them. Uh, so, finally saw, so, hashtag, Bohemian Rhapsody tonight. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Obviously, the story's a bit muddled, which we've agreed okay, with. Okay, yeah. But I understand why. Although I'm disappointed. Oh, you've, you've given me something to read, and you okay. know I can't. I'm sorry, I just presumed you went through the public school system. Well, and yeah, teach but, but, but you yeah, know, I get nervous, because so we're on the radio. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it just has <laughs> a, a few scenes are super uncomfortable to watch. But that, I mean, I, I agree, but it was expected.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. Number four. A mean
0: you really are a
1: heel.
0: The Grinch.
2: <laughs> Which my sister took her kid to see, uh, like a mum and baby screening. And apparently... <laughs> Well, I'm just glad she did that and didn't take him to a regular adult screening, like a regular human screening, because I can't stand babies in cinemas.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. The first time I saw Ang Lee's Hulk, some jackass took a newborn baby to see it. Yes, let's take a newborn infant to a film with the giant psychotic green monster. That's going to end
0: well. I don't I think don't the colour affected the child. <laughs> I
2: don't know. Anyway, uh, she, she said it was very good. I disagree wholeheartedly. I think it's the most sanitised, water down candy-coated, cuddly, touchy-feely nonsense take you could possibly have concocted out of The Grinch a sanitised coffeehouse hip-hop version of a classic Dr Seuss tale in which we have to stop every two damn minutes to remind us that he's just misunderstood at heart. No, he's a bad guy. That's the point. And you wouldn't mind if this literally wasn't made by the people that make Despicable Bloody Me. You know the film about the bad guy, yeah. which admittedly they've forgotten in that series already. But uh, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is fine. The rest of the movie is at best tolerable.
0: But that—that's it for me. I mean, who's tweeted? Um, Bronte. Bronte. Okay. Yeah. When the Grinch said, um, "Just eating because I'm just eating because I'm bored,"
1: <laughs> I really felt that. Fair. Number four. Number
0: three. Fantastic beasts. Which, again, you've seen, haven't you? I have. The crimes of <laughs> Grindelwald. God, this sucked, it? Oh, it's so bad. It really is. Like, the first half an hour, nothing happens. He doesn't True. get in his suitcase fast enough. There's not enough beasts. It's not fantastic. Grindelwald is an annoying name <laughs> the only time that people are ever interested is when they reference Harry Potter and mm-hmm. that the fact that this has come from a book that Kelly had to tell me was referenced in Harry Potter is, is just ridiculous uh, and, no. and I liked the first one admitted. if you call me out and say what happened, I don't know, there was tiny little monsters, they were adorable, it was fun but this one was pants it's Leviosa, not Leviosar <laughs> Anyway, who's tweeted? <laughs> <laughs> Lena, one, two, jarga, you. Okay. Nice. Uh, Fantastic Beats, the, the Crimes of Grindelwald. It's kind of boring. Heish, <laughs> I expected more, and I don't like Johnny Depp as Grindelwald.
2: Green, but, yeah, I agree. Mean, I'm, I'm kind of on with that, to be honest.
1: two, <laughs> Creed two.
2: Oh god! You know, I I publicly proclaimed last week that uh, Rocky four is the bro answer to Ben Hur. Uh, yeah, so okay.
0: it kind of is, isn't well, it?
2: Well, you yeah. know, like for, for someone like you or my kind of age, like for our age, Rocky four is kind of the biggie, isn't it? It is. Yeah. No. It is. So. They've made a Creed sequel that's also a Rocky IV sequel. That's awesome. And it might be one of my favourite films of the year. I wept at the end of this. Like, <laughs> outright wept. And I mean, genuinely, I wasn't... Like, no qualms. I was sat in a View Cinema in Cambridge. And I'll tell you about that experience, by the way. Because they make you buy a ticket online,
0: right? And you get a QR code on the ticket, on the digital ticket. No, don't. And I but, know what you're going to say. It's, ju- it's just not good enough. No, I'm not... Actually...
2: Yeah, and then you have to go and wait in line to present the QR code to be given a paper ticket. Why waste people's time what? twice? You've, you've added a stage yeah, that was not need other... to be there. Oh, I'd have, I'd have flipped. Yeah, I, I kind of did, Nice to be honest. And then I saw Creed 2, and it <laughs> elevated my mood entirely and then just destroyed me inside. It's fun. It's just aggressive it's violent it is very touching and deep (laughs) and meaningful and it really made me feel things and I mean don't just mean emotions either I felt every punch that got thrown in this thing you know those, those really great you know, fighting movies where you're, you're moving with the fighter yeah. in your seat in the cinema. You mean Creed 1? To Creed 1, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually got home from seeing this. And I was with my mum and I was I was we were just flicking through the TV. It was nothing on. And I just thought, eh, the hell with this. I was sticking the first Creed on. Yeah, worth it. Now, my mum will mock Rocky, like, to the end of the time. Um, she loved Creed. She absolutely adored Creed. And then I showed her the trailer for Creed 2. She's like, oh, I watched that. I'm like, yeah, see? And it's badass, too. (laughs) So, although, I am just going to bring up the point, by the way. Because this is a sequel to Rocky IV, maybe it might have been a good time to, you know, address that lingering Rocky Universe plot point that's been hanging around since Rocky IV. You know, the fact that he has brain damage. Yeah. Yeah. Remember how Dolph Lundgren actually beat him to the point that he caused actual irreversible debilitating brain damage and how that was the plot of Rocky V? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, doesn't come up the only reference that gets and it's in the trailer is Sylvester Stallone genuinely saying the words he broke things in me that ain't never been fixed (laughs) which is possibly the quirkiest way of describing brain damage I've ever heard Um, I loved it though absolute belter of a time Um, I laughed, I whooped, I cried and I did all of those many many times so (laughs) has someone tweeted and
0: what have they said so, Tunde has said, hashtag Creed2 is intense. Don't watch if you have a soft belly. Well, we'd be doomed. We, we both have very soft bellies. Hey, it's all paid furry, I'm <laughs>
2: Number
1: one.
0: <laughs> Enjoy that, did you? Yeah, Ralph breaks the internet. Um,
2: yeah, Ralph also doesn't do too much of a good job with his own sequel either. Um, I was very let down by this. I didn't think the first one was that good. No, the first one's not an instant classic. It's not one that you re-watch over and over. I think since it came out, I've probably seen Wreck-It Ralph three, four times. and It's been six years. Oh. Okay, so three, four times I've seen Wreck-It Ralph. And admittedly, I don't pay attention to half of it. I just sort of, it's background viewing. Right. It's a good movie, but it's not a great movie. And yeah. you, you know, well, I'm sorry, but Frozen Two's on the way, so they need to pick this up already. They need to they get this back because Finding Dory didn't blow me away. Incredibles Two didn't exactly uh, I blow me away either. I mean, it was it was good, didn't blow me away. Okay, okay. Ralph breaks the internet's the weakest one of the three so far. And Frozen 2's next, so uh, get the lead out, people.
0: <sighs> okay, okay.
2: Um, yeah, it, basically, it just doesn't have the heart and soul that Wreck-It Ralph had. And Even though it tries to go into similar territory, the character writing simply isn't there. And when they do finally try and do something character-related, it takes the form of the Vanellope Disney Princess stuff. Oh, right, which yeah. they do all too briefly, and you can't help but think, why is this just not the movie? Because... Yeah. I'd be all up on that. Ah, oh, right, yeah. But, alas, uh, they have not. So,
0: uh, has anyone tweeted us? <laughs> so, Danny. Uh-huh. Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's so good. I'm so happy that was really succinct and to the point wasn't it yeah and also wrong compared to what you've just said well I'm not alone either a lot of people seem to have uh, you know a lot of people
2: don't seem to have enjoyed Wreck It Ralph like in terms of the critics no one seemed to have a good time with it yeah but, uh, yeah. I did miss the post credits joke, though. I will admit that, because the, the screening of Disobedience was right after. Okay. And I was, I was really jonesing to see that, because it just looked amazing. It did turn out to be amazing, to be fair. But uh, a friend of mine took her 92 year old grandmother to see it, and uh, <laughs> that's an awkward cinematic experience.
1: <laughs> With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen the movie marker radio show and podcast
2: and we're back for one last ride mr colson so uh, do you want to give me some film news before we talk about await further instructions i've got two little bits okay two nuggets what you got for me so four weddings and a funeral, presumably. Yeah, okay, right, good. Yep. Uh, the cast reunited for a short film. Oh, this is for Red Nose Day. That's is, this is what the thing is, isn't uh, okay. it? Okay.
0: Okay. So
2: this is obviously following on from the other Richard Curtis film where they got the cast back together and they did a Red Nose Day special. Was that last year? or?
0: I um, emotionally can't watch Red Nose Day. Can you not? I end up in a right mess. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the
2: Love Actually cast obviously got back together, I think it was last year or the oh, year before, and right. they did a, a follow up special that wasn't particularly any good, if we're honest. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, academically, Love Actually is not a great movie. I mean, it is a great movie, but academically, it's not. okay. But, uh. I was just laughing that you are like, yeah, it wasn't very good. It was for charity. <laughs> <laughs> That's no excuse! <laughs> Come on, you can't phone it in and then sweep that under the rug purely because it's for charity. That doesn't work that way. (laughs) If it's for charity, you should put more effort in, surely. I can't actually argue with that. Okay, yeah, right. there's a difference between producing a product purely to make money, otherwise known as the entertainment industry, <laughs> and producing a product to make money for charity. Okay, because the latter you should probably put more energy into. All right, you win that argument. <laughs> anyway, so the cast of Weddings and the Funeral are doing the, the Red Nose Day revival thing. And, okay, okay. Oh, so, God, does this mean we're going to have Andy McDowell back doing more of that bloody awful dialogue from the... The rain scene in the first movie. You've not seen many films. Have you seen Four Weddings? I have. Yeah, have? I have. Yeah. Okay. You've not seen many films. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen old films. No, okay, first of all... I'm catching up now. Old films and classic films, two very different things. When we first met, you hadn't seen Terminator 1, Terminator 2... Predator, uh, the Rock, Armageddon. Ba- oh, and I think you'd seen Bad Boys, hadn't I'd you? I'd seen Armageddon. You'd seen Armageddon? Oh, okay.
0: Uh, what else? Silence of the Lambs. Jaws. You haven't seen Jaws. What kind of grown-ass man hasn't seen Jaws? In my defence, yeah. the Silence of the lamb things, we, we did get the amazing moment where Emma said a line from the film, and I just looked at her like, wow. I it's what Miggs says. If, if you're wondering, it's Mig's line. And he freaked out. Was <laughs> <That's> very shocked.
2: <laughs> You've seen her yell that at someone whilst holding a gun. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah.
2: So anyway, uh, so for weddings and a funeral, that's Red Nose. When is Red Nose Day? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, is it? Uh, it's like next autumn, or is it Easter? Or...
0: What day is it today?
2: Uh, 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 Thursday, isn't it? Thursday the sixth. I think.
0: Okay, Okay, let's move on. What's the other news? So, um, 21
2: Jump Street. Okay. Reboot. Which is funny, because the last 21 Jump Street was also a reboot. But okay, yeah. Yeah. Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. In talks. In talks. Okay. Uh, If memory serves, the crack this time around is that she's going to go undercover as a teacher. Right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, that's not the concept for 21 Jump Street, that's basically the concept of Kindergarten Cop. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Awkwafina apparently was in talks for it as well. Uh, and I like Awkwafina very much. Uh, did Kelly make you watch Crazy Rich Asians?
0: No. 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 Oh. You've not had the pleasure yet? I think she watched it when I was on one of my... Local, money work trips. Yeah, one of the trips. Ah, fair enough. It's uh, it's excellent. You should see it. That's what she said.
2: Yep. So, anyway. So, uh, let's go to the last review of this week, which is Await uh, Await Further Instructions. Which is a British horror thriller from direct, which is written and directed, I believe, by Johnny Kevorkian. Which you just expect him to be a wrestler with that name, yeah. You do. <laughs> <laughs> the Undertaker versus Johnny Kevorkian. Ooh. You just, you can see that coming, can't you? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Anyway, so he's a filmmaker instead. <laughs> that's, that's the point. And he's, as far as I know, he has never fought the Undertaker. This is the story of. Uh, a uh, Sort of 20-ish guy, in his early to mid twenties, guy takes his uh, his, uh, his girlfriend uh, with him to visit his estranged family for the first time over Christmas. Okay, as you know, as you do, yeah. a perfectly ordinary setup. You know, they drive a Corsa, they're going up the A1, that that kind of setup. Um, during the first night, they are staying in the house. There's some strange noises. He wakes up and he notices that they have been sealed. ...in their house. Like, they have been barricaded... ...into the house... Ha- ...they open the front door... ...and there is just this black shield... ...blocking the blocking the way out. A shield that is also around all the windows... ...all the doors... ...and that contains pipes... ...that uh, they just assume are feeding oxygen... ...into the place. Um, they are basically led to believe... ...that an incident has unfolded... ...they have been quarantined for their own protection... ...and they are given instructions... On the TV, upon which dot matrix text appears and literally says, Await oh, further instructions. Yeah, clever title, I know. <laughs> Here's a clip.
1: Oh! What are you doing? It's nothing, Kate. I'm just testing a theory. Don't you patronise me, you b- It's been the same since we were kids. You think you're so clever. You think you can do anything you want. You're not better than we are. Kate. Dad will put you in your place just you it and see. I don't like it. Dad! Nick's broke the telly!
2: What have you done? I'm just testing something out, Dad. What have you done? So the whole idea there is Nick, who's our lead, has uh, kind of just... Taken, Running with a theory that something isn't quite right with what's going on. So he starts looking into, you know, what is going on with the TV? If I turn it off and turn it back on again, are these instructions still coming through? Things like that. The first two acts of this are great. Absolutely great. I had a great time with it for the first two acts.
1: All right.
2: And uh, then there's the third act where they kind of have to, you know, reveal what the hell is going on, and it all goes a bit uh, 2000 era 2008 David Tennant Doctor Who kind of tone, right. which doesn't quite jive with the whole horror thriller thing. It's a bit daft. Also, not out by the fact that the poster for the movie literally reveals what that twist is, and I mean that is literally its only image on this poster. Is the twist? So now I've got to start avoiding posters. Yeah, apparently you now have to avoid posters as well as trailers. Oh my God, so <laughs> just just don't see anything to do with the film. Just don't even learn the names of films. <laughs> Like Lone Survivor. The title of Lone Survivor ruins that movie. So you can't see the trailer, you can't see the poster, and you can't know the title. I'm just gonna show you films when they're released. That's how we're gonna do this. Okay. I'll okay, like, that's yeah. how it works, because Lone Survivor was an idiotic title, let's be honest. Kel- Four men won it went in. Like, really? Lone Survivor.
0: I watched it with Kel's dad. Yeah. When it finished, he just looked at me and he went, should have seen that coming, should <laughs> <been." laughs> <laughs> Anyway,
2: um, performances are pretty good. Uh, You've got uh, Sam Gittin and... uh, Sam Gittin's in there. You've got uh, David Bradley's in there. You know, Mr. Filch from Harry Potter.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's in
2: there. (laughs) But, of course, like most of us, know him more for Game of Thrones now. You know, he... uh ate that pie rather famously. Yeah. And uh, he's he's just admittedly he's doing his eighth or ninth variation on Crabby Old Man. <laughs> you know, with a little bit of a racist bent. Um the stuff in here actually that's quite relevant in a sort of contemporary basis things about uh, a certain cultural attitudes to immigration and things like that, and okay. how that feeds into innate, almost Cold War era paranoia. Right. And it's really effective, but again, this is relegating Thailand to the first two acts. And I just wish the whole rest of the film had been up to those first two acts. It was really good. Two thirds of it was great. I love a good survival thriller as well, like yeah, a, yeah. a bottle, you know, like a like cube. I love the Cube movies, for instance. I mean, they're daft, but they're a lot of fun. Yeah, they are daft, but uh, yeah, I say like, it. It just it let me down. There was too much of a sting in this one's tale, and just didn't quite live up to the first two But, but uh, anyway, it is a great shame, and alas, it is uh, obviously not our film of the week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I kind of have to. Uh, I kind of have to pick between. Uh, Well, it's going to be Mug or Sorry to Bother You, isn't it? Because, well, Tulip Fever was just the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm, sorry to bother you. I'll give it Sorry to Bother You. I really like Sorry to Bother You. But I am aware some people might not like it, to say the least.
0: No, I like that. I think that works. Because if if there's a risk, you know, worth (laughs) taking it. Next week,
2: though. Okay, interesting stuff next week. So... Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse oh, is, is next week. That's out on Wednesday. Okay. Also out on Wednesday Aquaman. Yeah, no one cares. No one cares. Yeah, I know. No. Well, I'd imagine DC and their uh, their accountants. Care. Um, Lizzie, which is the uh, latest, uh, latest attempt to tell Lizzie Borden's story for the screen. That's out next week. Mortal Engines is next week as well, which is produced by Peter Jackson, directed by Christian Rivers. Okay. Everyone keeps calling it a Peter Jackson movie. No, no, don't Henry Selick this guy. Okay, don't don't lump him in with Tim Burton. Okay, it's a Christian Rivers movie. Uh, we've also got uh, Free Solo next week as well, which I'm told is is very good.
1: Okay,
2: uh, which is uh, mountain climbing documentary and uh, well this is the thing Uh, Bumblebee is being press shown next week but I don't think it's out until the following week
0: oh my god I don't care about that film yeah me neither do you know how the Transformers starts in the film universe how the first Transformers film why go back again I just don't
2: care I just don't care well actually do you know how little I care that I've not even tried to address the logistical question of why is there a hologram of Optimus Prime looking like Optimus Prime but in the very very first Transformers movie we literally saw him arrive on Earth scan a truck and make himself look like Optimus Prime so yeah like that's a hell of a plot hole Do you know what I mean? It really is. (laughs) Although, if you want to get really technical, the Aquaman trailer has him and Amber Heard going in search of this magical trident. You start thinking, wait, hang on a minute. So the trident you had in Justice League was just a non-magic trident? Yeah, it was just a spare one. You know, know,
1: the one
0: that's in the living room.
2: That's a decorative trident.
0: That was like your
2: your everyday trident. (laughs) Not, not your formal wear, Trident. That was just your day to day Trident. You're walking around Trident. That's exactly what that was. <laughs> you know how you have that aftershave for every day, yeah. but you have the one you wear for christenings and weddings as well? <laughs> Aquaman does that with Tridents. <laughs> Anyway, we've got all those to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been the Candy Store production for Movie Marker. I've been Van Connor. I've been John Coulson. And we shall return.
1: Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen for more movie news, reviews and more. Visit moviemarker.co.uk Okay
0: everybody, that's a wrap
2: podcast extras so loads of fun to be had then uh well the golden globe nominations came out today obviously we pre-record this so it's thursday today and this will go out on friday uh but we have the golden globe nominations okay and uh, they've uh, I, I actually think they're pretty good <laughs> Right, so um, they're nowhere near as stuffy and in fact do you know what With podcast extras we can curse now uh, it's nowhere near the usual bullshit that you get with these things you know the usual wanky oh it has to be over three hours and in black and white and subtitled yeah. nonsense yeah so nominees for best motion picture for a drama okay okay Black Panther nice yeah I mean already Black Klansman like, oh saw that recently yeah so good isn't it oh my god yeah. Brilliant. You, it's, it's brilliant it's, I just love that bit, Card bless white
0: America, oh, the way he says it is incredible yeah, it's just so good. there's also a bit um, where he does a, a little bit of a phone run, it's incredible hangs up at the end and I was just like <laughs> I just love it I just like, I'm going to stand up and applaud this man I've tried getting, because
2: obviously the last few weeks I've been so busy and I've been based largely in Cambridge so the, the person I've seen the most this last few weeks has been my mum yeah. uh, so like I keep trying to put her on to certain films and like, I can't get her to watch Black Klansman. And I, I think it's because I just haven't made a watch the trailer
0: yet. Yeah, um, yeah we've got it for it to watch. Um... It sounds it's unbelievable. It sounds a lot more serious than 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 it is. Like even though it is very serious though. Yeah, but it's played with a, a light heart at times. Yeah. But also I just I
2: really love uh, Laura Harrier in it. There's a love interest from Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. And I think she's really good. Anyway, so uh, Black Clansman, uh, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, that one's a
0: bit dubious. I was going to get a nomination.
2: Yeah. If Beale Street Could Talk, which I haven't seen yet, is the uh, follow-up to Moonlight. Barry Jenkins has directed that, okay. and it's uh, based Based on, uh, oh my God, what is the name of the writer? The really amazing black gay American writer, and it'll come to me. And of course, A Star Is Born, yeah, which I think we know is going to come up a lot. In it, a is, season. But it is, but it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, Crazy Rich Asians. Okay, it yeah. won't win, but The Favorite, which will probably win. Green Book he's got good reviews Mary Poppins Returns haven't seen it yet I'm seeing it a week on Monday I think uh,
0: I, 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 no
2: I, I, no nothing for you have you seen Mowgli yet by the way no oh, I'm looking forward to that and of course Vice which is looking like it's really going to be something Christian Bale as Dick Cheney wow oh
0: he's put on like, yeah, yeah, where he's, yeah. yeah yeah and uh, uh,
2: best actor in a motion picture at drama Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, Lucas Hedges for Boy Erased, uh, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. He's and really good. He's great, isn't he? Really um, shame the film isn't as good as a film. Anyway, um, John David Washington for Black Klansman. Now, I'm going to hedge my bets on that one that it goes to Bradley Cooper, to be honest. Um, um, did you see A Star Is Born?
0: Yeah, I saw it with Kel. No, no, I know Kel saw it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you saw it. Right, I saw it with Kel mm. and our friends, Kate and Freddie. Okay. Katie's pregnant. Yeah. So, Kel, who likes to cry at films, <laughs> and a pregnant lady. Oh, God. <laughs> best actress
2: in a motion picture drama. Glenn Close for The Wife, Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born, Nicole Kidman for Destroyer, Melissa McCarthy for Can You Forgive Me and Rosamund Pike for A Private War, which of course we have a a tenuous connection to. Um, Now, if I'm going to guess on that one, Nicole Kidman or Lady Gaga are walking away with it. I think Lady Gaga's I think, yeah. She's really good, isn't she? Annoyingly good. Yeah.
0: It's like, why couldn't you just suck like you were supposed to? Yeah. I know, right? Like, is it bad that I wanted it to suck? Well, it's because it's a remake
2: of A Star Is Born. How is it any good? Like, these things, they they roll these things off the assembly line every couple of decades. It's not meant to be industry-changing. But, uh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, Best actor in a motion picture musical or comedy. Christian Bale for Vikes, Lin-Manuel Miranda for Mary Poppins Returns, Viggo Mortensen, Viggy Mortz for Green Book, Bobby Redford for The Old Man and the Gun, and John C. Riley for
0: Stan and Ollie. Now, that looks intriguing, doesn't it? Well, yes and no. No? Yes, because (laughs) it looks like it's going to be good performances, but no, because... Yeah, way before my time. Okay,
2: I'm just going to go through uh, actresses for musical or comedy. Yeah, sure. uh, Emily Blunt for Mary Poppins Returns, kind of an obvious one. Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. I think we all knew that was coming. Uh, Elsie Fisher for Eighth Grade, which I know nothing about. Charlize Theron for Tully, and Constance Wu for Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, i a guess Olivia Coleman. Okay. Just a guess. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's other nominations for best actress, support and role in any motion picture, best actress in any motion picture, supporting role in any motion picture, uh, best animated motion picture. Okay, this is interesting. Okay, Incredibles two, Isle of Dogs. Which always sounds like I'm saying I love dogs, doesn't it? I it love dogs. <laughs> Mirai, Ralph breaks the internet, and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh. Now, the animation style of Spider-Man is something that everyone is talking
0: about. Yeah, they, um, it was after Venom. Mm. Boom. Oh, yes, yes. And It's a little bit, a little bit jarring at
2: first. Do you know why that style of animation looks as odd as it does? Because when they've built that animation, they have not put in any motion blur. Ah. So you see every sharp edge in every frame. And it's it's something we're not used to seeing as right. sort of human beings. But uh, um, best motion picture of foreign language, cap- Capernaum? Don't know that one. Girl? Don't know that one. Never Look Away? Don't know that one. Roma? I know that one. Not seen it. Shoplifters? Saw it. Very much liked it. Best Director? Bradley Cooper for Star Is Born. Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Peter Farrelly for Green Book. Uh, Spike Lee for Black Clansman. And Adam McKay for Vice. So, yeah... Best script is... I'm just going to go with the film names rather than the writers. Roma, The Favourite, If Beale Street Could Talk, Vice, and Green Book. So a lot of the same films are appearing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Best... right. This is where it gets fun for me. Okay. Right. Best original score. Right. I'll just go with the film names. A Quiet Place, Isle of Dogs. I'm being very careful about how I say it now. Uh, Black Panther, First Man, and Mary Poppins Returns. Now... I'll be really honest, and I'm, this is—I know I have a bias. Black Panther. I, that, I'm a
0: metalhead, and to kick ass score, that, isn't that it? That score's awesome. It is. It really is. But Mary Poppins, if that doesn't have a good score, then you'd be kind of surprised, wouldn't failed you? Failed if it if it misses that. Well, actually, that's the weird thing. I it's
2: Mark Shaiman's done the uh, the score for Mary Poppins Returns, and I don't know his work off the top of my head. Sir, so. um, best original song though. Black Panther turns up again. Yeah. So get this, if we go with the old idea that the Golden Globes lead the way to the Oscars, yeah, yeah. We, we stand a pretty decent chance, like two months from now, a month from now, sorry, of living in a world in which there is an Oscar-nominated
0: Kendrick track. Yeah. I mean, imagine such a thing. If it wins as well, then Case, when he comes back, he'll have got that crazy knowledge that he's got. (laughs) So in, like, 15 years, he'll be like Black Panther.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, Dumplin', apparently, has an award-nominated song as well, that new Jennifer Aniston Netflix
0: movie. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, A Private War, apparently, has one. Boy Erased, and, because you knew this was coming... Shallow from A Star Is Born. Yeah. Which, if we're honest, I'll probably win.
0: It's a good song. I prefer the Maybe It's Time, earlier on, that he yeah. plays to the, the drag queens. But I mean, I'll be honest, I get a little choked up
2: hearing uh, Shallow, if I'm honest. Well, you cry but, uh, Yeah, I got really choked up the other day watching uh, The Greatest Showman. And I've still haven't seen I've it. Seen, not seen, uh, this Is Me just affects me. I it, I don't know why. It just, it just really affects me. But... Uh, <laughs> It makes me feel things. I don't like it. Are you
0: going to cry now?
2: No, no, I'm not going to cry. Shut up, you're crying. Yeah, you're crying. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the rest are mostly TV stuff. But uh, I think there's some good picks in there. There's some obvious ones, like The Favourite and Green Book. And, and like, Vice, we kind of knew was going to be up for stuff. Yeah. But it's nice that Black Panther and Black Klansman are in there. It is,
0: because they're great films. They are
2: really, really great movies. But they they
0: could have easily been... Terrible. Yeah, they (laughs) They really could have. (laughs) Yeah, and they could and they could have been looked like looked over and Well, they are normally aren't they, yeah. if
2: you're honest. But uh, yeah, I mean some people have called out the Black Panther thing by saying, Oh look, it's not even the best Marvel movie, it's tokenism and you're like, well, okay, first of all, shut up Um and second of all, C point one. Um <laughs> <laughs> <you know. laughs> So um, the snap. Speaking, stick with Marvel, for a second the snap, the famous yeah. Thanos snap. Right, it has a name. It has a, an actual name now. Okay. Like they have designated that event as the decimation. Oh. That is what it will officially be called forever now. Okay. Uh, another story you uh, you brought this to me earlier. Actually, is John Cho. Yes. Is uh, not John Cho.
0: That's Mixed. how I read it. As the, well. You read it John, John.
2: so no <laughs> John M. Chu, yeah. who directed Crazy Rich Asians, yeah. is going to... Obviously, it was a very different story when it was John Cho, in my mind, because that was like more bizarre. But, uh, no. John M. Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians, and has decided, apparently, he's going to stop directing terrible movies, as a result, because he did, like, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Justin Bieber's concert movie from way back when, and... See, even when I see that, I just think of Popstar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, he's going to direct um, the, uh, the biopic of the lead singer, Of journey, yeah. Because is that a story someone saw coming? Like that's something that needs to be a. a, a, a He was just a small town boy. That's very true. Um, We are getting a prince one, by the way. Now we're getting a a prince movie. Sure. I mean, that's. I suppose after uh, after Bohemian Rhapsody, it's kind of the next logical step. Yeah. yeah. Em and I were talking, actually, about what you would do if you wanted to make a George Michael one. Because, oh, yeah. obviously, she's obsessed with George Michael. And uh, you'd have to get an unknown, wouldn't you? There's no actor who could be George Michael. No. Surely. No. I mean, Tana Hassan is too old now. But...
0: Uh, and not- also, you know, you can't act, but... <laughs> George Michael was a good replacement for Freddie Mercury. <laughs> kind of was. So you've got to find someone that's good enough to be the guy that was good enough to be uh, Freddie Mercury.
2: Yeah, and they really lucked out with Rami Malek, if we're honest. Yeah, but okay, we're getting a Bad Boys Three apparently now. I will believe it when I see it. You know, I don't ever put any stock in the idea of Bad Boys Three ever happening. But it uh, won't. Well, it has two directors. It has Will Smith and Martin Lawrence back. And now, apparently, well, sorry, it also has a TV spin off that's going to be starting in a few months as well, starring uh, Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba, okay. uh, which I think is like LA's finest or something like that. Um, but Bad Boys 3 will also see the return of none other than Joey Pants. Joe Pantoliano is back as the captain. Nice. Yeah. And he was always one of my favourite things about
0: those movies. Yeah, that- I just, I just don't believe it's gonna happen. Know, like we can talk about it and talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. I, I just don't believe it. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I, I put one of my usual snotty
2: tweets out when. Uh, I think I think it was one of the film Twitter feeds that I follow put up the first, like, on-set photo from Bad Boys 3. Yeah. And said to me, like, who's excited for Bad Boys 3? And I couldn't resist retweeting it with Martin Lawrence.
0: Yeah, but, yeah. but when you said he's on, I'm like, yeah, he's been there since 2. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, of course, he's back. Yeah. Because at one point, he got tired and he got naked and <laughs> ran down the street. So, like, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So that's uh,
2: that's going to be the thing. So uh, Joey Pants is uh, is coming back. In the meanwhile, the Russo brothers have turned around and said, "Look, the day of the two hour movie is at an end." movies should be whatever we want them to be now we've just had a hundred years of movies being under two hours that we're just acclimatised to believe that's the thing okay. and that if you want longer it has to be on television or an event series anyway the Marvel movies are trailblazers so they can be whatever they want yeah and you know of course Infinity War part de is uh, clocking in currently at about three
0: hours so well, yeah although I'd have taken a three hour cut of Infinity War well, the part of me says yes, but the other part of me says you went to the midnight screening so it'd have finished after you'd have started work the next day. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's very true. <laughs> did we? We went to the midnight together. Yeah, yeah and then I, w- I went to work the next day and everyone's like, are you all right, John? I'm like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I was up very late and I had my heart broken <laughs> several times over. <laughs> uh, so, here's something I didn't know. Okay. They're rebooting Resident Evil. Why? But I... I Presumably money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get better? I, I know the director. Oh, cool. I've, I've interviewed him several times. He's a nice bloke. Ask him why. I, I'm going to next <laughs> time to see. It's uh, Johannes Roberts, um, okay. who directed uh, The Other Side of the Door, and uh, 47 metres down, and for some ungodly reason, 48 metres down. Or whatever they've changed the title to since. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's he's doing uh, he's doing whatever the Resident Evil reboot's going to be. Apparently, more of a horror movie. That's that's what they're going for. Oh, uh-huh. More in line with the recent games, apparently. Okay. Which I I didn't know that they'd done anything with the games. I, I
0: like come on. Yeah.
2: yeah you know I don't I mean? do horror. I'm an adult man. I don't need video games to get my fill of cleavage. You know, that's what. That's literally what the internet is for <laughs> anyway <laughs> so uh, Roger Deakins uh, cinematographer extraordinaire we all love a bit of the Deak men. Okay. Um he will not be working on uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune which okay. that depresses me because that, that was something I, I really would have loved to have seen uh, and he will not be working on the new Bond movie either oh. so that's a shame I like
0: Roger Deakins but, uh... What's going to happen with the new Bond?
2: Mmm, who knows. Uh, apparently they're making a movie out of Sesame Street, and
0: Hathaway is going to be the lead. So, yay? I don't know. Alright, so they, they they took the turtles and wrecked my childhood. Yep. So now they're going back... <laughs> okay. ...even further. And they're just just going to wreck the last bit of my childhood. Is there? It sounds like it, but uh, Not cool. I will defer
2: you to the entirety of the
0: DCEU. If you want me to play my trump card on that one, yeah, right. well, everything's, um, everything's in the dark and in the rain. Yeah, everything's just grim, dark nonsense. But now we've got Aquaman that's going to be dark and underwater. It's like, what? Could you not get enough n- like rain? So like, we need more water. <laughs> Can't rain underwater. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, bet, I, bet, <laughs> I bet they manage it. They probably will.
0: Every room will just have
2: like an air bubble, like it wasn't Justice League, <laughs> but it'll be dripping from the ceiling just to
0: preserve the rain. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Right, I didn't even know this one was a thing. Okay, Okay. we're getting a spin-off of G.I. Joe, right, specifically focusing on Snake Eyes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Let's get the mute character who already (laughs) got his backstory in two entire movies, and let's get the guy who directed R.I.P.D.
0: to direct it. Uh, yeah... That'll, Kel, that'll Kel, go well. Kel bought that on Amazon Prime. Well, it, RIP, RIP, it, what? Because it was like really cheap, and I think it was when there were like I don't know either the telly or something was broke. I have no idea why, but she bought <laughs> it because it was really cheap. So like you know when you go into like the your movie section, it's always there, and I, oh, I refuse no.
2: to watch it. It's a, a god awful movie. Oof. Okay, here's one that I I, I found quite interesting. Uh, do you remember I Tonya last year?
0: Uh, I've still not seen you it. You've see
2: it. It's really good. Yeah. You should see it.
0: Want to? it's on the list.
2: Also, you should just see it because Sebastian Stan gets to play a man named Jeff Galooly. Oh, all right, I'm in. And that's just fun to say. <laughs> Galooly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the guy who directed that, Tonya, Craig Gillespie, uh, he also directed The Finest Hours a couple of years ago, that like Chris Pine at Sea movie. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, he apparently is in talks to direct Cruella.
0: The Emma Stone starring Cruella Deville origin movie. Uh, it's not needed, but I do like Emma Stone.
2: I do as well. I mean, half the stuff she stars in is garbage, but yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> have you seen this PSA, by the way, that Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie have done? <laughs> begging people to turn off motion smoothing on their TVs. No. Yeah, you know this whole thing that, like, TVs have the soap opera effect. Yeah. Yeah. They've done this PSA, presumably, to promote Mission Impossible Fallout coming out on Home End. And they've done it from the set of Top Gun Maverick as well. Nice. And, uh, yeah, they've basically just begged people to turn it off. Now, I don't even notice it anymore. Like, I think if you have it switched on, because it comes automatically switched on anyway in TV, after a while you don't
0: notice it anymore. And certain films do look better with it on. I'm going to have to turn it off to... To,
2: to notice it. Compare yeah. Uh, I notice it more at my family's house than I do in my own. Because obviously I'm, I'm used to my own TV. But yeah. I see theirs like every month or so. Um, I will say the first Avengers movie looks goddamn awesome with the motion smoothing switched on. It, it just looks badass. It's a badass film. But it is a badass film. Uh, what was the other one I was going to say oh that was it we've got an Oscar host finally um, yeah you, you, you've seen this I take it yeah it's uh... you're getting there come on come on you can get there I can see you straining as well is it Jake Peralta so that... <laughs> <laughs> no that's
0: the Golden Globes oh is it oh <laughs> right I'm out I'm out yeah.
2: Sandra Oh and uh, Andy Samberg are doing the, uh, the I knew I'd seen that. Golden
0: I was, I was just... also Jake Peralta? I couldn't remember his name, and it's on Netflix. I watch it all the time. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I love that you go there before Connor for real. For...
2: <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Ever since I was born, I was dope.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Kevin Hart is going to host the Oscars. Oh, sweet. And they only announced that like yesterday. They had a
0: real hard time finding someone who wanted to host it. I am as excited. I think they should let him swear it'll be fantastic. Well, they won't because... I know, but it'd know, be funny if it did.
2: The Academy has no such thing as personality. Yeah. But, oh, that's it. Marvel Studios are finally doing a movie with an Asian lead. Okay. Uh, it's going to be Shang-Chi, and, which is not a character I'm overly familiar with. I have encountered him as a supporting player in, like, Avengers stories and things like that. Right. Well, like, in Luke Cage and like comics like that. Okay. I don't know him as a character in his own right, though. It was kind of like, who did, we had this with someone recently. One, one of the Marvel characters. Like, Captain Marvel. Like, I've never really read a Captain Marvel yeah. story. But I know her from, like, cartoons where she's part of the Avengers and things yeah. like that. You know. But uh, Iron Fist was the same thing.
0: Oh, God, oh. don't. Just
2: don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, this is, this is one that I can't wrap my head around. Right, Bumblebee. He has a voice, obviously, he kind of has to, and they've revealed who they've cast as that voice. Now, I can't figure out why, because it's not like he has a very distinctive voice. If I heard this man speak, I wouldn't know it was him. I would just think it was someone dull. Okay. Uh, it's Dylan O'Brien from the Maze Runner movies. That's Bumblebee.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, presumably Mark Bluecast was busy because, you know, otherwise, why an, wouldn't you pick the second dullest man in the world? It's but... just another reason to not care about it. Oh, I know. It's just... what? Why? Like, just get someone interesting or, like, with a distinctive voice. Or just don't <laughs> do the film. <laughs> it's very true. Um... Timothy Chalamet is going to be in the next Wes Anderson movie, okay. which kind of makes sense because Timothy Chalamet—I just always assumed emerged fully formed like three years ago from an unseen Wes Anderson movie. Okay. But uh, oh yeah, uh, Scorsese's new one that he's doing with Netflix—they are going to release that in cinemas. All right. So the Irishman, which stars uh, De Niro, yeah. Joe Pesci, yeah. Al Pacino, Bobby Cannavale—hell of a cast, hell of a cast. <laughs> Um, we've been told meanwhile that uh, the sequel to A Quiet Place will not be a traditional sequel honestly thought you were going to say it was not be quiet <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you man they farted behind the waterfall that's how it worked okay <laughs> <laughs> Every day, they would all get up, they'd just clench up, they'd walk in a line silently to the waterfall,
0: step behind it, line up, and just blow raspberries. So, I've not seen that film, but the only thing that I can think about is, I would die, like, day one because I walk into stuff. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big guy. <laughs> I walk into door frames, I stub my toe a lot, I bang my head on things. Like I would be out.
2: I'm not ashamed to admit that when uh, when I'm home alone, uh, I I curse a lot to yeah. myself. Like the only words you could you would actually hear me say aloud when I'm home and on my own are curse words. Yeah.
0: Followed um, by, come on, Van, you
2: better than this. <laughs> <laughs> that has happened. I'm not going to deny that that has actually happened. <laughs> uh, so, um, what was her name? Elsa? From Baby Driver. You know John Hamm's love interest in Baby Driver? Yes. Is it Isa Gonzalez? Isa. I couldn't remember if it was Isa or Elsa. Isa Gonzalez, this lady right here, yeah. she has joined Hobbs and Shaw the, the new Fast and Furious spin-off with, the, with D-Rock and, uh, and The Staith. The Staith. The Staith, yep. Um, Warner Brothers are claiming that uh, they're going to make a, a Blue Beetle movie. So uh, I'd imagine we'll see that uh, right after Cyborg and Black Adam and Flashpoint and Harley and Ivy and Gotham City Sirens and The Batman and, you know, Man of Steel too, and shit like that. But, uh, yeah. Oh, also, you tell me that this isn't the greatest bit of casting you've ever heard. Tom Hanks is going to play Geppetto in a Pinocchio movie. Nailed it. Did. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. There's no other response. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. It's like Tom Hanks as Mr.
0: Rogers. I'm just like, yeah, I'm in. Cool. Uh, also, guaranteed, I will cry when watching that film. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks makes me cry. Yeah, yeah he has that, doesn't he?
2: Um, so, uh, the writer of Triple x 3 is... Cares. I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I was amazed to find out that movie had a writer. <laughs> I pretty much just assumed that that cast just showed up in the Philippines, got drunk and made a movie on sort of an improvised fly. But, yeah, <laughs> apparently it had a script and a writer and everything. But, uh, yeah, so the writer of that movie is, uh, is writing the Gears of War movie. That could be cool. Could be, but, uh, yeah. I mean, is it likely to be? Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know, Doom could have been a cool movie. Yeah. It uh, decidedly was not.
0: All right, they'll at least have a really good shot where you run into cover. Well, you got to do that. But the thing is, you know when these games are made to such cinematic standards? Yeah. It does make making a movie a bit of fruitless, doesn't it? it yeah, it does, it does. But... There's no but, yeah, it just does yeah, yeah. There's no like, <laughs> so, but, it just sucks. Yes. <laughs> I got nothing, I just I sucks,
2: started and I was like, oh, he's right. <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, I mean, we kind of covered this last week, but Stallone's still claiming that he's retired as Rocky Balboa. He's, he's out. Good. Although, if, if Rocky Balboa has taught us anything, it's that you can always come out of retirement for one more fight. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> oh God! I know, I know. Um, so we're getting a Kingsman prequel. Why? The
0: uh, sequel was shit. Because there is no God. We killed him. Why didn't we so... just leave it at the first one? Great film, and that had been it. Well, the prequel
2: is going to start. The prequel is going to start. Daniel Bruhl, Charles Dance, Matthew Good, and Reese Ifans. I like so... Reese Ifans. Yeah, well, you know I, I don't like the idea of a Kingsman uh, right, I've got to talk about this one because it annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> right, cool. The BFI apparently are refusing to contribute funding to any movie that has a facially scarred villain because they think it villainizes physical deformity. Right. Right. That is the stupidest thing I've ever goddamn heard. I mean, really? We're not, not going to get Punisher films. From the oh, yeah. oh yeah, so you know, if there was a British Punisher spin-off, we'd never have that. But like, why? Like, it's 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 an old archetypical idea. Admittedly, it goes back to well, like the cornerstone of early cinema. But like, you think of things like Bond villains and things like that. But yeah, yeah. it's like, don't destroy these conventions. That's kind of why we have them. Yeah. But, what can you say? Um, Kerry Fukunaka is uh, working on the next Bond script, apparently, as we speak. Uh, Chris Evans might not be done as Captain America, we've been told. So, maybe he lives through Infinity War?
0: You see, like, I really like the Cap films. I do. He is really, really well cast. So yeah, so I'd like him to stay purely because it works and I like what he does. But if he just comes back because he's getting a boatload of money, like <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't. Look, you know the the idea, right? The idea that Ben Affleck
2: had as Batman, right, was the idea was going to be he would sign up to star as their Batman and he'd just turn up and do cameos for them, and every two years will he'll, he'll do a big, you know. Part as Batman. And in the meanwhile, Warner Brothers bankroll him to direct whatever the hell he wants. Okay. Right. Chris Evans wants to be a director.
0: Yeah, he does. So,
2: could we not do that with Disney? Like, you know, they're going to own Fox soon. They they own Fox Searchlight now. So, they could feasibly enter into a similar. It'd be exactly like the Ben Affleck thing, only not awful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They should.
2: They really should. Just, like, keep him as, as <clears throat> Cap, like, forever and just, just let him... Uh... Well,
0: when they listen to the podcast, they just...
2: <laughs> Yeah, when, when Disney screen this to see which bit of slander they can get me on this <laughs> week. I'm kidding. I never slandered Disney. They actually do good work. Um... <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> Let's see what else is out here. There was something I was going to point out a second ago. Oh, Harley, uh, Margot Robbie wants to do Harley and Ivy as a story. Of course she does. Of course she does. Uh, not bothered. Uh, because there's there's a sort of a lesbian-y thing there, and does anyone care?
0: Like, every time someone talks about Harley Quinn, I just want to put him in front of Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> just, just watch him
2: I know, um, if, any, if anyone thinks they actually really like Harley Quinn, go and meet Calvin, <laughs> the movie marker's news editor, and I guarantee you in 10 minutes you will never want to hear the name Harley Quinn ever again. It's like me and Tony Stark. Um, meanwhile, Colin Farrell has joined Guy Ritchie's new movie Toff Guys, which I'd be on the title alone, I couldn't care less.
0: I, I, like, I, I like him there. So. Although I have really wanted to revisit
2: Lockstock recently. Like I haven't seen that in a long time. We should, we should watch that. We should. I, I mean, I've, I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. I wonder if I can still quote it.
0: Like oh, yeah. I used to be able to quote along the entirety of that movie. I haven't seen Waynesville in like five, six years. But like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say the quote
2: because I don't want I don't want to have to go back and bleep it. But it's when Rory says is this some white bleep joke that black bleeps don't get because I ain't bleeping laughing Nicholas <laughs> I love that moment I just I've, I have to quote along with that every time it's great uh, Netflix are setting up shop at Pinewood Studios okay there is going to be a UK Netflix Studios I like it yeah that uh that's kind of awesome, uh, and okay. Let's go one last bit of uh, bit of film news here. Uh, let's see. We've had the first image from Hobbs and Shaw. It's uh, Dwayne Johnson running down the street. All right, as he would uh, imagine. Wait, can he run? Because uh, <laughs> skyscrapers. Yeah. Didn't know you
0: wanted, didn't? <laughs>
2: That is the silliest run, isn't it? Is it? I can't tell. Is that because of his weight, or is he deliberately doing it to sort of show off the fact that his character's meant to have an artificial leg?
0: I'm hoping it's the second one, but mm. I also think it could be the fact that he's literally torn every part of his body <laughs> off what it's connected to. Like, we've really seen his Instagram post. He like he talks about his warm up and stuff, and he lists all oh of God. his injuries. And I'm like, dude, how are you stood? Never mind doing action films. But I, he's I, the rock, so...
2: Yeah, that's it. I mean, the man is, like, invincible.
0: Yeah, he's a legend. We love him. Oh, God.
2: Could you, could you imagine, like, just what it would take... How, imagine if you found a jar that Dwayne Johnson couldn't open. Like, how hard would you have to search yeah. to find a jar that the rock couldn't open.
0: The thing is though is he'd try and he wouldn't be able to open it and then he'd pass it to someone, they'd open it and then he'd go, Yeah, I loosened it. <laughs> <laughs> he would, and you'd absolutely you'd absolutely give it him as well <laughs> You would you just
2: be he would just be like, you know what? Have that. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> okay um we're getting a ron burgundy podcast that's a thing that could be hilarious it could be but i think a little bit of ron burgundy goes a hell of a long way all right cool yeah it could. i mean the second film could have been hilarious and it uh it decidedly is not it sucks yeah um not strictly speaking film related but uh you know a like jean-luc picard series that they're, they're doing yeah with patrick stewart Yes. Uh, late next year, we're getting that. Nice. My so. dad
0: will be buzzing.
2: Yes, your dad will. Uh, <laughs> his, t- his, his fuzzy little head will explode when that comes out. I tell you. Um, <laughs> but that's it. That's uh, that's the week in. Uh, that's the week in film. Cool. So yeah, we we did it. We, we made it through this. We covered everything. We did. So you know what that leaves us with, don't you? Oh, gotcha. Do you, you want to queue it up? Always. Go on then. Your moment of cage. H.I. McDonough
1: to me was like a living cartoon. I saw him as Woody Woodpecker, and so much so that I even put the thrush muffler tattoo, you know, the woodpecker with the cigar and red feathers whipped back in the wind as a tattoo for H.I. McDonough, put it on the character's arm. I would rub my hair until the static electricity would make it lift up so that I was like Woody Woodpecker and would look like Woody Woodpecker.